Good morning. <laughs> well, just welcome to Memorang and welcome for anybody that is watching live or archives. We just praise God for you. And uh, you can go ahead and turn to uh, 1 John 2.15. But before we get into that, I want to talk about this Saturday. Uh, this Saturday is a, a man's outing, a big community uh, man's gathering, men's gathering. That's going to be this Saturday. I believe it's at 10 a.m. at Chuck Moorhead Park. They're going to have some three-on-three basketball. They're going to be cooking some good, you know, burgers and everything. They're going to be playing horseshoes. They're going to be doing a bunch of man stuff. Can I get a <coughs> right? <laughs> Thank you. That was not very good. Can I get a good <coughs> So, all right. Hey, my men, they woke up. It's good. So they're going to, we're going to have that, you know, and we need this. Think about this. We've, we've been talking about this. If iron sharpens iron, how can iron sharpen iron if they don't come together and connect? All right? So there's got to be a connection. There's got to be a coming together. You know, the kingdom is all about uh, community. It's all about fellowship. And if you don't see that, then you're missing the whole of what the kingdom is. So this Saturday, we have the ability to come together and actually sharpen each other, but also get to know each other. You know, one of the, you know, I, I appreciate you praying for Pastor Daryl. Part of the reason why I wanted you to pray for Pastor Daryl is you know him. You, you know him, and you, want, you have a heart to pray for him in a certain way because you've spent time with him. That's just it. When we get to know each other, I can tell you there's a lot of times where I pray for different people because I know you. I'm around you, you know, and the Lord will bring you up, and I, I know ways to pray for each person because we spend time together. The more that I spend time with you, the more I know how to pray for you, and you know how to pray for me. So that'll be this Saturday, and... It'll go from about 10 to sometime in the afternoon. And then about 5.30 to 6, we're going to meet over at Resurrection and have a service. They have a special speaker coming in to talk to the men, and that'll be at Resurrection Community Church. So that's this Saturday. And uh, just make plans. Guys, make plans to be there. And uh, amen. So there's today as we get going... You can look at uh, boomerangchurch.org slash notes. If you, got, um, if you go to Boomerang Church, you can go under media and hit on sermon notes and click on the uh, service today. If you'll notice on your handouts, you don't have scripture references today on your handouts. And that's because I got this whole message about 10 minutes before the service started. And, uh, but I was able to quickly get it up online. So if you'd like to follow those scriptures, you can go there. And you can refer back to those at any time. Uh, if you've got a smartphone or tablet, you can pull it up. But that way you'll have the notes. This one, however, is not on there. And uh, today we're talking about help, right? And have you ever, I'm going to do this, so let's make sure this microphone gets on. Have you ever, hello, hello. it works. Have you ever been in life where you just were like, God, help you know and then sometimes we're like this help right just help you ever had times like that and then sometimes you're like this help help me lord i need your help and you know a lot of times what we're taught 
is that sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. But I don't know one of us that doesn't go through a time where we don't want to reach out to the Lord and say, help me. When, no matter what volume level or what a portion of your emotion, you know, what, what height of emotion it's coming across, there's always a time in everybody's life where we just need help. We just, I just need your help. And a lot of times, you know, honestly, the church has been doing this way. The church, honestly, has been like, well, you know, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But we'll pray with you. And truthfully, um, that can sometimes offer some assistance, you know, emotionally, because it's like at least somebody is, you know, standing with me. But it doesn't really offer any big, true, real help that will help you get out of that place. When the church ought to be walking around as the most confident, joyful, confident people in great expectation that when we go to God, God will be there. That he's an ever-present help in time of need and trouble. He's ever-present. We ought to be walking in the reality of his help so much that, I mean, somebody says, I need help, and we go, well, he'll do it. He'll do it. I know him. He'll do it because he's a God of grace. He's a God of love. He wants to help you. He'll do it. Well, I don't know. My problem's so big. <laughs> it doesn't matter how big your problem is. He's a big God. You know, that's, we, that ought to be such a reality to us that people are almost overwhelmed by our hope, right? Yep, yep. Our hope. This, this verse here, and let's just go through this, and then you'll see how it connects back. But in 1 John 2 and verse 16, it says this. It says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. You can pretty much calculate that any problem that you're in stems from sin. It stems from the curse which brings death, which death can manifest itself in many ways, but generally it's going to bring some kind of lack in some area in your life. And it's in that lack that we cry out, help, help. But those three areas, every sin is connected to one of those. If you boil it down, every one goes back to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, everything. Everything goes back to one of those three. And it started all the way back in the garden. And, and, and let's just turn there to Genesis chapter 3. And here you've got, you know, the devil is tempting Eve and he's twisting God's words already. And she would have been fine if she knew what God actually said. Just throw that out there. If she knew what God had said, she didn't know, and she shows that by what she repeats. But if she'd have known what God said, she'd have been okay. That would have blocked all of that. She, but she actually added some to it. She didn't really know that what God had said. But then it comes down to it, and in verse 6, she's looking at the fruit. She's listened now uh, to the serpent. She's listened to the devil. And then in verse 6 it says, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes. In other words, I'm hungry, that's a lust of the flesh. It looks good, that's a lust of the eyes. 
right? And then it says this, and it was desirable to make one wise. That's the pride that I can be up there with God. It's the pride of life. She took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. So right from the garden, what happened was she fell into the, one of these three areas, or all of them is what she fell into, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And so a lot of times we, uh, not a lot of times, but when we operate in sin, we're operating in at least one of those three. Every time, every single time, we've got something going on there. And every problem that we have that says help is associated to one of those three. Now, when Jesus came on the scene in Matthew chapter 4, it's interesting because when he first starts his ministry, the first steps of his ministry he was tempted with all three of those things but the difference was unlike Eve unlike Eve he won yeah. he handled them he didn't just he wasn't just tempted by him he actually went through them. he actually went through and he came out the other side victorious and you know, a lot of times we can look at Adam and Eve and be like, they were so bad. They were so bad. I cannot believe that they messed up. Life would just be so much better if they wouldn't have messed up. Trust me. If you were in the same position, you would have done the same thing. It might have not have been a fruit, but it might have been something else. But we would have all fallen and messed up. And the truth of the matter is we all have done that. And because of that, we've all needed and gotten to the place where we need help. And that's where Jesus comes in. But he takes these three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and he beat them. And in uh, Matthew 4, verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. Uh, we were talking about this at the men's group last week. And, uh, man, can you imagine? I mean, just fast for a day and see how hungry you are. I mean, ever, anybody ever fasted for one day, and at the end of the day, your flesh is like, ah, you know, I want food. I don't care. You know, it's amazing even what lettuce looks like after you fasted for a day, how good that can look, you know. It's like, oh, my gosh, salad and chicken, you know, doesn't have to have anything on it, you know. You ever watch some of those shows and the dude's out in the woods for weeks on time and it's like he eats, you know, it, no, no seasoning, nothing. It's just, but he gets like some real protein. He's like, oh my gosh, this tastes so good, you know. Now, give him three weeks back at home, it would be the worst stuff ever. But out there, I guess it depends on your perspective. But can you imagine after fasting one day how hungry you get? Imagine what happens after 40 days. I've never fasted for 40 days. I've fasted for a few weeks, but I've never fasted for 40 days. That, that is a long time, and I won't do it unless the Lord tells me to do it. He didn't lead me to do that yet. And if he leads you to do that, I'll pray with you, okay? But um, I, will, I will be there for you. Amen. And uh, he, says, uh, he says this. Now, see, I say that. He's probably going to lead me to do it now because I opened my mouth. Uh, you got to watch that stuff. Be, be smart. Be wise. 
Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. Now, the reason why I point this out is there's a point physically, my understanding is, there's a point physically where your body literally goes into a place where it thinks it's dying. Okay, This is around this time that that happens. So if you can imagine how much you're hungry after a day or two or three of fasting, and then I'll tell you, it does seem to ease off some. You're still hungry, but you've, what you've done is you've quieted the flesh's voice, right? And it's not as loud as it is those first few days. And so, but then you come on down the line and some physical things start to happen. You start to literally, your body goes into the process of dying because it's not eating, it's not feeding itself. And so this is what most people believe that he's at. Can you imagine how your body would react when it thinks it's actually dying? Can you imagine how loud his flesh was yelling at this moment? Isn't it interesting that the devil didn't come on like day one or two? No, no, no. He came right when the flesh was yelling the loudest. And the word says that we got to be wise about the tactics of the enemy. We need, we need to watch that and understand him and know how he works. Trust me, the devil knows how you work. You'd be, it would behoove all of us to know how he works. But one of the things that he does is he, he likes to press your buttons, and what he'll do is he'll wait till just the right moment, and he will be patient in a bad sort of way, and he'll get you right to the place where he's been setting you up for years, and the flesh is yelling the loudest, and that's when he'll press the button and try to take you out. And this way he did with Jesus. So, and I want you to keep that in mind because when Jesus wins, this wasn't winning, you know, when he was just going through everyday life. This was winning when his flesh was yelling the loudest. This was the hardest point on the flesh to win. But he did win. And he says, the verse 3, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. And it says, he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, at the men's group this past week, we were talking about that specific verse and talking about that. Have you ever read a verse and you read it and you read it and you read it and you just get the face value? And then one day you read it for the umpteenth time and all of a sudden that verse comes alive to you. And you got it. You grab a hold of it, right? And it's yours. And it's like, man, if the devil tried to come against that verse today, ain't happening. Mm -mm. Now, I know this. That's, that's what's called rhema. The Greek word right there for word is rhema. That's when it comes alive to you. And honestly, what Jesus was showing us is that when the devil comes and he's trying to get you and shooting fiery darts at you, the way that you come against him is out of your relationship with God, out of your intimacy with God. God will bring a word to you. What he did right here with Jesus is he brought a scripture to Jesus and that word became the weapon in Jesus' hands. That word became 
became the sword, and that word was what drove back the devil. Each time the devil tempted him, each time he needed help, God brought him help. He brought him a word. He brought him a promise. Jesus simply stood on that word, used the word against the devil, and the devil had to flee. He, he brought this scripture. This scripture came alive and alive to him right in the moment. He said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him uh, into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, another word from the Lord to help him when he needed it most. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, for it's written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. So in this point where his flesh is ultimately the weakest, the scandalous you know, rascal of the devil, those are good words to describe him. He's a lot worse. And um, he comes right at that moment to press the buttons. Right at that moment. Have y'all ever experienced that? Have y'all ever been going through a trial and it's like right in the middle of it, the devil tries to heap on and just throw it all on you at the same time? One thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And you're like, is this going to stop? Help. 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 Let's turn to Hebrews 4. It's not a real complicated message today, but hopefully it will help you. And verse 9, Hebrews 4 and 9. So the great thing about Jesus is he came to the earth to be God with you, Emmanuel. In other words, he came so that when you needed his help, he would be there. He came so that he could make statements like this. I, Jesus talking, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He came for that reason. He came so that you would abound in hope, in joy, in confidence. He came. So that he could bring the grace of God and the mercy of God and the love of God and manifest it in your life. If he can't help your problem, what's the point in having any hope whatsoever? Honestly. But that's just it. Not only can he help your problem, he is the hope and the solution to your problem. Yeah. Jesus is greater than your problems. His grace is greater than your problems. Your problems don't hold a candle to the love of God. Your issues, everything that would make you want to say and cry out, help, everything. Jesus has already said, 
I have handled that. It is finished. That's who he is. In Hebrews 4 and verse 9 it says, So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has, for the person that is, who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. He's talking about the disobedience of the children of Israel in the desert. He's talking about they didn't enter into the rest. They didn't enter into the Sabbath. Well, it says there remains a Sabbath rest. So, you know, have you ever had, you ever been in that problem one of those times when you're wanting to cry, help, right? And, and all of a sudden, what is it that you feel like you need to do when you actually feel like saying and yelling help? What do you, what do you, it's like, I need to work harder. I need to go fix this. If I don't, how about this? If I don't fix this, nobody will. How about this? Nobody does it as good as I do. I just need to do it. Just get out of my way and let me do it. Y'all have never felt that. No, didn't think so. I didn't think that ever crossed y'all's mind. Mine either. I mean, never, ever, ever. So it's, but isn't it funny that what we were doing the whole time to get us into the problem, suddenly we think if we just amp up those same things, they're going to solve it? You mean the things that led to the problem that you're now facing? They're going to be solved by me doing just more of the same? Isn't that silly? I've never thought of it that way. But yet, what got us into that problem most of the time is exactly what we amp up because nobody's going to help. Do you know why we amp up our work and amp up our, our activity at that moment? The truth of the matter is we amp up our activity and we actually step out of rest because we don't know that God really is a help to us. If we know that, then we would actually go in and back into him and come under the shelter of the Most High and rest in him and come under his wings, come under his protection and totally just throw our hands up and say, you got this because I can't ever do it like you do. There's no way that my increased activity is going to be better than, Father, what you can do in one breath and take care of my problem. But see, that's the way we need to look at, at God, and that's the way we need to look at Christ. But the truth of the matter is what we've done is we've let experience, experience teach us instead of this word. So what happens is this, we enter into a problem and, and we, you know, like we just learned about Jesus and so we learn that he is a help and, and so what we do is we do this, we're like, Lord, please help us. But our actions don't actually change because it's, we're, what we're doing is we're trying something. We're not believing in something, we're trying it. Lord, please help me. But then we go right in and get into the middle of it and try to fix it. And so if we're in the middle of it trying to fix it, you know, here, here's the issue. Who can't fix it? It's like God's probably knocking on our noggins going, hey, can I come down there and fix your message? Like, hey, don't talk to me right now, God. I got to fix this problem, okay? 
Yeah. And, and yet, that's how many times have we repeated that process? And then we go, and it doesn't work. Let's say this one doesn't work. Maybe, you know, the mercy of God sometimes helps us, and it actually, we, we get something fixed, you know. But let's say this one doesn't work, and then we walk away, and we're like, man, I prayed, and God didn't even help me. Big old mean God. I can't believe he loved me. I thought he said he loved me. And all of a sudden, we get bitter. We get bitter. And now what have we done? We've just established doctrine inside of us that God won't come through every time. And so what happens is even the knowledge that we might have had from God, we actually take what we know of God, change it to what we've experienced, and now what we've experienced becomes our doctrine and our thinking. And so the next time when we need help, maybe we pray, maybe we don't. But when somebody comes up to us and asks us for help, we're like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know if God will help you or not, but I'll agree with you. And all of a sudden, the hope that preaches to the world has been lost. And then when we go to actually seek God for help, it's not there. Because we don't believe it anyway. And so we get in here and we just, now what happens is every time we have a problem, we step into the problem and we just keep trying to fix it, keep trying to fix it, keep trying to fix it, and nothing works. And what we've got to do is learn him and know him so much that we say, it's not that we have no activity, it's just that we back up and we release the care of it. We're not, we're not carrying the anxiety of the problem anymore. We're just releasing that care completely to him. Lord, I trust you. I, I'll give you this uh, example in, um, uh, it was a financial thing. One thing about finance, we've ended up talking about finance a lot today, so there must be stuff you need. A lot of times, you know, the reason why we take up an offering is not because we necessarily want to do that. The reason why we take up an offering and we actually have a time where we talk about it is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so the more you hear about finances through the Bible, the more faith will be built up that God will come through. That's why we talk about it each time. When we first started the church, over 50% of the prayer requests were finances. As we continued and people grew in finances, those prayer requests went down, 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 down. And people started receiving jobs and promotion and everything, and it, and it rose to a new level. But the biggest thing is this, is that when you give, whether it be tithe, offering, whatever, our job, if you go back into Genesis, you see that the minister's job is to receive on behalf of God and bless you and bless that. That's our job. And so every week, what you give, it represents your life. So I wouldn't even have it in here, but God told us to do it at the, from the beginning of Boomerang, and we've always kept that. This represents your life. And man, that's very important, and we bless it. That's, that's part of it. But in, one of the things about finances is it gets right down into our business and actually helps us. We, you want to find out where somebody is? Start talking about finances. <laughs> it, it don't take long, and you'll find out exactly where they're at, you know, spiritually speaking. But, and Jesus talked about it all the time. I think that's why he used it a lot of time. I think he was just getting in there like, see, you got a problem. You don't even know it. you got a problem right there. I th think that's why he was preaching on it some. He's trying to shine the light, but he's also trying to help them out and get out of that problem. So here's one of the things. That finances also make a good example for stuff like this. 
One time, we needed to pay a bill. I had no idea how that bill was going to get paid. It was one of those situations where we needed to write a check several months out, and then, you know, you get about two months away from when that check's coming due, and you don't have it in your bank account, and all of a sudden, the devil's like, hey, there's a bill coming, and he's trying to get you in fear. It's like, and you ain't got it. You don't have it, you know, and so about two months out, that's what was happening to me. And so... I was saying, you know, sometimes when you, have, when you have a situation that needs something, you're looking for this word, the same thing, life-giving word like God gave to Jesus, he will give to you. And sometimes what he'll say is, hey, for two or three weeks, I want you to go get another job. I want you to make that money, and that's how you pay that bill. That's the wisdom of heaven. That's resting in him. Well, I'm going and working extra. Hey, he's showing you the answer. He's showing you the solution. It's not always like that, but our obedience is very important. In this particular time, it wasn't that way. In this particular time, he said, did you ask me for it? I said, yes. He said, then believe me for it. And inside of me was this great turmoil of, I want to believe you, but I don't want to be lazy. I, don't, I feel like I'm doing nothing. And God was saying, you're not doing nothing. You're believing me. That's not doing nothing. That's humbling yourself to me. And so about a month away came, and, and you know the devil was right there to remind me of how close it was coming that this check was going to process through the bank. you know. And then all of a sudden, that month came, and then it was two weeks away, and then it was a week away, and I had no idea how it was going to be paid. And, and I was like, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And I could feel it. And then you know the week before, it was like coming out on Friday, like Monday, the devil's there. It's Friday, what are you going to do? Tuesday. Friday's coming, what are you going to do? Wednesday, Friday's coming, what are you going to do? Thursday, it's tomorrow, (laughs) what are you going to do? And I was literally feeling, help, help. Well, who's to say that he wasn't helping me? He was helping me the whole time. I just couldn't see it yet with my physical eyes. He was already on it. He's like, I'm on this. The only way that I won't be on it is if you will step out of the rest of God and step into the way of my help. And what I wanted to do, I wanted to pick up the phone. I wanted to call family members. I wanted to borrow money. I wanted to, you know, do anything. And then I I owe the money back and this and that and everything else. And that wasn't the plan that God had. He knew if I tried to help myself, I would have messed it all up, which we a lot of times will do. But if I just trusted him. So he was telling me basically, sit there, and I'm going to tell you, that was worse than me going out and having to make the money somehow. I was like, oh, my gracious. I mean, it just, and I uh, through my head was all these years of, you know, if you don't work, you don't eat. It, the devil was using scripture against me to get me in fear. Right? I was working, though. I was working in faith. It's a difference. And then all of a sudden, the next day, Friday comes, and, you know, that check's getting ready to be deposited. And here's what I did. I said, well, and I had purposed myself to get into rest. And that day, that morning, 
or, or excuse me, sometime during that day, the Holy Spirit says this. He gives me exact word that I need. He says, Brian, call this person, ask this question. It wasn't to borrow money or anything like that. Ask a question. Okay. I was like, that's the first thing he had told me to do on this whole situation besides believe and stay in rest. Call this person, ask this question. Y'all want to know how long it took me to get on the phone? About that long. <laughs> it was like, hello, and I asked the question. And when I asked the question, it spurred a change in the events, and everything lined up, and all the provision was had, and it was perfect. And it was, you know, it was just he told me specifically what to say. It was the word from God. All I had to do was rest. I didn't have to work any harder. I didn't have you know, physically do anything. I just needed to rest in God and let him fix it. He was working on it the whole time. He had already handled it. And the Lord came right through. So many times what we do is we go in there and we try to fix it and God says, well, have at it. You know, I'm not going to completely change your mind. I'm not going to make you a robot and make you think the way that I want to think. He wants us to, uh, by our own choice, move into the place of faith, the place of rest, and enter that Sabbath rest. A lot of times our help comes from this, where we say in verse 12, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and the intents of our heart. Will you come here, Chris? Verse 13, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him, the eyes of God, with whom we have to do. In other words, many of the times our problems and our situations, it's stuff that's all wrapped up on the inside of us in our mind and in the core of who we are. Most of the stuff that we run into, there, a lot of the problems that we have is stuff that we've generated. I'm, most of them are problems that we have generated, but we don't know that we've generated them or else we wouldn't do it. We don't know. We're, we're ignorant of some of those things. But God knows, and this word will go in there, and it will help us see and divide thoughts and intent in our heart. And a lot of times we're crying for help and what God's really saying is there's something right here that I want to take out and get rid of right inside of you. There's something that I want to get. But if you don't give yourself to rest and in me, this word's never going to be able to penetrate and show you that area and you're just going to keep going around the same mountain over and over and over and over and over and over and so he says, if you just let me help you, I will shine the light in your life. And all of a sudden, you'll be able to see what it is that's continuously causing that problem. But he says, not even that. Even though you don't have it fixed yet, I still want to help you and take you into that Sabbath rest. That's the grace of God. The grace of God looks at you, he sees all your problems, and he says, I don't care how you got to that problem. I don't care how you got to the help. I don't care how you got there. I just want to help you. I want 
to help you. Not only do I want to, I'm willing to. And not only am I willing to, I can do it. But you've got to let me. You've got to let me. So he's sitting there the whole time going, hey, look, let me show you how to work this stuff out. Let me show you things in you that are causing it. Let me, you know, stuff that's outside of you. I'll work on that, and I will deal with that. But I want you to rise up. He's saying, look, man, stand up. I want you to rise up to new heights. I want you to grow to the fullness of the stature of the Lord. But you can't do it without letting me get in there and be the great surgeon. I can't help you if you won't let me, you know, do some great precise surgery on your spirit and your mind and go in there and remove the cancer that's causing you to constantly fall into the problem. I can't do it unless you decide I want to enter that rest. Thank you. But the point is, he wants to do it. He's willing to do it. And he can do it. Once we enter in that rest, it says in verse 14, Therefore, because of this, because there is a rest, because he does see everything. You see, our problems, sometimes they're a mix of us and they're a mix of other people. But he sees all of that. That's the point. He's, he's not just looking at you only. He sees all of that. If it's a problem between you and somebody else, he sees the problem in them and he sees the problem in you. He sees all of that. He even sees down to the smallest detail imaginable. He sees all that and he knows exactly what to do to fix because of that therefore since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens Jesus the son of God let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, and yet without sin. Yet he was victorious. In other words, come back up here, Chris. In other words, he sees all of our stuff, and he says, I've already beat that. I already know how to fix that. And so all we got to do is turn to him and say, uh, help. And I believe that you're going to. And I trust you to do it. You're there for me. You love me, Jesus. And you know how to win. Let me fall in your hands. And let me fall into the winning and the victory that you've already made possible on the cross and the resurrection. He says, I see you. I see the stuff. I see it all. And he says, oh, we got this. He's just saying, will you have faith? To believe with me and let me lift you up will you partner with me or are you going to try and do this all on your own are you going to let me give you a hand and help you out that's how jesus works he's just looking for somebody that will humble themselves enough to say i need a hand help i need a hand and it's not a hopeless help it's a help full of hope <laughs> help I know you're going to do it thank you he says this he says because of this because he won because he was without sin verse 16 therefore 
let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. To the place where grace is on the throne. Man, let that sit in you. Let us draw near to the place where grace rules. Let us draw near so that we may receive mercy and find grace when you got it all together. Is that what it says? Let us find grace when you got all your ducks in a row. Let us find grace when you don't have any problems because you're now super Christian. That's when you'll find grace. No, 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 no. Let us find grace to help in time of need. Jesus isn't just looking to reward you with solutions when you got this stuff all figured out. Grace says, I want to help you no matter how you got there, why you're there. I don't care. I just want to help you. That's what the love of the Father says. And so when we're screaming, help, we need to change that from a hopeless help to a help that's full of hope. It's not that you won't need help. It's how you call for help and who you call for help to. Are you calling to a God that maybe he'll help you and maybe you won't? Are you seeing right here a God that will help you no matter where you're at, no matter what you need or how you got there? He just says, I want to help you and I know how to win and I know how to get you to the victory. That's the God we serve. And so today there's help. And right now, if you need help in any way, I want you to come up here and let's just pray. And when I pray for you and I lay hands on you, all I'm saying is that I'm representing him. I'm not him by myself, but I'm representing him. And whatever solution it, it is that you need, he's saying, I want to help you. So if you need help, just come on up and let's pray. Father, we just thank you that you are the God of help. And let, let us just purpose ourselves. Let's purpose ourselves right now that when we cry out to God, we're not going to be a, a people that's prideful, that says, I know what went wrong, I know how it needs to get fixed, and all that. The truth is, you don't know what all went wrong. You can't see everything that's happening. We don't even have a clue. We see through a glass darkly, is what the Word says. You don't know. I don't know everything that went wrong. And if I think I know what everything went wrong, I'm fooling myself. It's the same thing. The Lord is looking for people that will come to Him and say, Help, and say, I don't know everything. I may know some things, but I don't know everything, and I need your help. I need you to see the one that divides asunder all the issues, that can see it in me and in other people and in everything, and I need your help. In other words, we come to him humbly asking for help. We come to him faithfully asking for help for help. In other words, I'm coming. I definitely need your help. I cannot do this alone, but I'm also coming knowing that you are going to do something. That's who you are. That's your character. That's your nature. And so right now, Lord, help be in Jesus' name. Just help be in every way. Thank you, Father, for your help.
solving the problem, solving the issue. Answers come. Wisdom come now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for solving. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Lord, I just thank you for unraveling every issue. Lord, being able to dissect the issues, see what needs to stay, see what needs to go. And Lord, not just giving us, uh, uh, showing us what's wrong, but empowering us to move to what's right. Lord, help and mercy be. We come to the throne where grace rules in Jesus' name. Help rise up now in Garrett in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Help be now in Jesus' name. Help be. Strength be in the name of Jesus through joy. Joy of the Lord. Thank you, Father, for help. Help be now in Jesus' name. Help be now. Help be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for solving things. Thank you. Help be. Yeah, blessing of God. Rise up. Rise up like a flood and fight back anything, Lord, that would try to bring lack. Blessing of God. Rise up. Blessing be in Jeff, in Jesus' name. Help be in the name of Jesus. Help be. Thank you, Father. Help be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Help be in Jesus' name. Yeah, answers come in the name of Jesus. Help be. Help be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Help be in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. Help be in Jesus' name. Help be now. Thank you. Help be. Yeah. Help be now in Jesus' name. Help be in every way. Yeah. Unraveling. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Help be in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you. Father, let your anointing break every yoke now. Let the oil of your anointing do what it was designed to do, to bring up the blessing, to push back the curse, to break the ties that bind, to break everything. Anointing of God, rise up and be what you've called it to be. Thank you, Lord. This day, break in Jesus' name. Break those yokes. Help be now in Jesus' name. Help, help be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Lord, right now we just, we move as a people that doesn't think something happened but knows that when we reach out to you in humility and faith, things happen. Whether we feel something, sense something, or not, Lord, when we call on you, you are not somebody who just leaves us alone, but you are somebody who responds out of your great love. Father, you just responded to every person that got prayed for. 
Father, no matter what we felt in the physical, you moved in your spirit because your spirit is love. You are good and you moved. And Father, right now we're believing. We are joyful. We are confident and we have expectation that things right now are unraveling and changing in our life. When we made a call for help the right way towards you, you were there to answer and help. And we get out of your way, we step into your rest, and we allow you to solve the issues. You know, sometimes it would be good for you uh, there, there's some people, generally people fall into one category. When, they, when I say rest, they're like, oh boy, I ain't going nowhere tomorrow. You know, that's one, that's one ditch. And, and the other, other person has a hard time stopping. They want to get in there and fix it. And for the person that has a hard time uh, stopping, sometimes it would be good for you just to sit back and, and you know, I can remember, you know, telling one time, like, like, Throw some dirty clothes on the floor and leave them there for a week. You know, I remember because it's, it's good and, and make yourself walk around them, right? Like, like put them right in the middle of the floor, you know, because sometimes we need to get ourselves so much that helps us to get ourselves out of the way. And sometimes, you know, when you're trying to solve problems and everything, uh, you try to fix it all. And you think that you're the only one that can do it. And what you need to do is let it fall anyway. It's already crumbling with you at the helm. You might as well let it fall if God's not going to save it. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes that's good. Let it mess up. You know, even here in the church, I'm that way. I'm, I'm that that wants to go get involved. And man, faith for me is to, is to sit back. That's faith for me. But, and, and many times I've had to say, uh, okay, I see a problem and I'm going to leave it alone. I'm not going to go fix that, you know. And some people are like that. Now, if you're, if you're the other one and you're like, yeah, I'm not doing nothing, it would be good for you to be about what God has told you to do, you know. Like if you're looking for a job, go knock on some doors, that kind of stuff. But go, go do it. Whichever one is fitting you, there's rest in both ways. You have to find what that rest and faith action for you is. And if you, if you got questions about that, I will personally take time with you and let's discuss it. But I can promise you this. It's not about what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong as much as it is how much God loves you and nothing will be able to separate you. He wants to solve your problem. And he's already paid everything to do that. We just need to learn how to line up with him and walk with him so that he will solve it. Amen. If you got any question, I, again, I will personally meet with you and talk with you on that to help you know how do I, you know, which one am I and where do I need to go and find out what is the Lord saying because you need that word where he's telling you and you hear that wisdom of God. Amen. So now from now on, when you feel I need help, you know that he is there to help you and he knows what to do about it. Lord, we just praise you for who you are. And we thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for being a help in time of trouble, in time of need. Thank you, Lord, that you are always with us. Lord, let us not step in the way of your help again. But let us humbly and faithfully come to you 
desiring your help. And Lord, let us see your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great day. Thank you for being here.